Hello and welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. Well Played is part of On Podcast Media Network. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker, best of all, dad. Today's episode, uh, season four, episode five, is with Dan Crawford, and Dan Crawford and I are going to be talking about expanding your game collection to get us through these quarantine times. Uh, Dan, if you could give us a little bit about yourself, that would be awesome. Uh, Yeah, my name is Dan Crawford. Uh, I'm from Peoria, Illinois, um, and my lovely wife and I, we own a board game store called Cabbages and Kings Games, and uh, I, we're avid board gamers, we have a wonderful family, and we try to do these wonderful gaming things for the people we love that's everybody else that's awesome uh dan is co-owner here uh with stephanie crawford who has been on the show a lot dan's actually been on the show once before and now they've just opened up their own store cabbages and kings and really excited cabbages and kings great local friendly game store in Peoria, illinois so if you're in southern illinois check them out and for the rest of us, I love supporting local game stores. I don't have a local game store right by me up here in Port Washington. Uh, sometimes that draw to like order something from Amazon, whatnot, but you really want to help the small business. I'm super excited. Cabbagesandkings.games just launched their website. So go to cabbagesandkings.games. And that's Dan and Stephanie's store. Uh, one of the more exciting things for all of us educators out there is this dynamic duo here. We had Dan with an incredible sort of breadth of knowledge and depth of knowledge on games. He's been a board game owner operator for quite some time and now it's their store and their website. And then Stephanie's got that teacher side of things. So on their website there, they even have great games for the classroom. Like you're not going to find that anywhere else. Like a board game store that really breaks that out, shares with us that. And so all of the giveaways on my YouTube channel are going to be run through cabbagesandkings.games. So let's, let's all help them out. Let's, let's make this our store uh for us educators because we're we're helping another educator out we're helping a game store out it it can be our local game store even though it's online so super excited about that uh today dan and i thought we'd talk about that expanding of your collection and really we want to begin there right dan what are we not counting here uh so i think most people are already past uh the milton bradley phase where they've already you know those games have been around for a very long time so like you and i've talked most people are looking for something a little different at this point yeah i mean right like i figure like we've played the sars we've played the uh guess who's we've played the uh, monopoly <laughs> uh and now now it's like what else is out there and, and i have shared this on other podcasts before but the the board game industry has just exploded in the last 20 years and if you're not part of that community you might not notice right like you you notice what you look at and if you're not looking at it you don't know that that has changed and there's just been so many great games with great mechanics and they're they're fun to play they're light to play everybody's kind of involved there isn't so much this downtime in in some of these games that are in those Milton Bradley ones. The luck has been reduced. It's a lot more about your choices. So Dan and I have thought through some games we want to walk you through. So Dan, why don't you start with one of the games you really like? 
one of the games that we have talked about, and I, I honestly, I think that you introduced it to Stephanie, was Tiny Towns. Um, we had heard about it, but we had never really played it. And to uh, actually get it, and from your recommendation, uh, you know, we picked it up as a store, and then we started carrying it. And we really enjoy that game. We play I it with the family. Love it. It's so fun. And in your family, uh, go through, like, how. what's the age of your, your boys? Uh, so we have two boys. Um, one is 14 and one is 11. Um, our uh, 11-year-old, uh, he doesn't quite pick things up as fast as some other you know, kids his age, but he plays through most of these games really well, and he really enjoys this game also. So it's definitely a win-win for us. Nice. And my daughter's nine. So just frame of reference. We have a good like spectrum here, nine, 11, and 14. And so really, we, when we were talking through our list today, anybody that's wondering like what age these games are good for, we really picked like seven as sort of our bottom end. And then really like we, tr- we wanted it to still be fun for your high schoolers or your college kid that's now at home with you in quarantine. <laughs> so uh, really like seven's the base, but really anything that we're going to talk about today could be played with that college kid and it's not going to be feeling like they're playing a kid's game. These are going to be like real games that we think you could walk a seventh, seven-year-old through all the way up. And Absolutely. T- tiny Towns, I love. Like, I got to admit, I'm super in love with Tiny Towns. I said to Dan or before the show started that I will pick up anything and everything Tiny Town related. So if, they, if they're listening and they want to make a little more money off this guy, I, I will buy every expansion <laughs> that game comes out with. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pentomino game, right? Like, you're placing, you're trying to, like, yeah. build these buildings but it's got a little more theme to it than some of the other Pentomino games. So it's Tetris basically, but you're not getting the full, like the buildings are the shapes. I'm going to butcher how to explain this, but like (laughs) you're trying to build buildings that you can see almost their, their blueprints that you need to build, right? You need to build the L you need to build the little S for this building or whatever with specific products, but you're not in control of the products you get. And so somebody calls out wood and you got to place it on your board somewhere and just like a filling up Tetris, you're like running out of room, but you got to hope to get the resources needed to construct the building. It's it's fascinating. It's awesome. It's light. Tons of variability. So when you're stuck in quarantine, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, there's so many different uh, buildings in the base game itself that you get to choose from before you start the game and play. But then, you know, also how you place them, where you place them, uh, what resources you're using opposed to what resources you're forced to use. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that game. I, I kind of, when I looked at it originally before I picked it up and before you had suggested it, was like, man, it looks okay. But it, it was one of the best games I've played all year. So I definitely thank you nice. for that. Strong recommendation here by us. Uh, so definitely look at picking up Tiny Towns at cabbagesandkings.game. <laughs> uh, no, truly, it's a great game. Uh, next one on our list, uh, we're going to turn the clock back to one of the games that sort of started the sort of boom of board games, and that is Catan. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about it, but we, we needed to put it on the list. We, we would be remiss if we didn't share out this game. Uh, Catan is a, the theme of it is you're settling kind of this new island, right? And you're four different, you can play yeah. up to four players. Um, oh, maybe we should have said that. Tiny Towns, you can play up to six, I think. Yes, it is a six, up to six player game, I believe. Yeah, so six for that, four for this. Uh, 
great game. This one plays in about 45 minutes to an hour once you, everyone knows. So for that first game, add an extra half an hour in terms of like you're going to have to check the rule book a little bit here or there. But uh, Catan's a great little settling game uh, where you're settling this this island. The board is variable, so you're never going to play the same board, which is kind of fun. It's these tiles you're going to put together. And the other good plus to this one is everyone's sort of in at the same time because you roll these dice and you collect based on the numbers out on the board. And so even when it's Dan's turn or Stephanie's turn, I'm excited by that die roll because I'm like, I need them to roll a six because <laughs> then I'm going to get that forest I need. So on my turn, I can build the, the road or whatever. And it just adds that nice tension, nice element, and we're all involved. That's one of the aspects I really liked about Catan um, is the fact that uh, most games previously, you know, everyone took a turn and then that was how the game worked. But in this game, everyone is still taking a turn, but you have interaction on everybody's turn. So you're not just kind of waiting for your turn to happen. Yeah, that's that was sort of the genius of that game. And and other games since then have capitalized on that. But as Dan said, like definitely like broke that mold. All right. So what's another one on the list there? Uh, one of my favorite games that's been out for quite some time now uh, is Splendor. Um, I just introduced my family to Splendor recently. Uh, I really enjoy the way that game plays, the way that game looks, the elements of the game, the different gem, uh, like, uh, what are they, poker chips, I guess? Yeah, but they're, they're not. They're clay poker chips. They're weighted, yeah. and they feel real yeah, nice. Yeah, yes, they're, yeah, they're weighted. But I love that game. That game is, uh, I love the fact that you are, you know, purchasing something to upgrade it to upgrade it to upgrade it to score more victory points like i love the fact that you just keep growing what you're doing <laughs> it is an awesome game uh that is when i taught my daughter probably actually when she was seven so that was the start of her splendor time and it's great mechanics it's clean it looks beautiful and like dan said having a little like i don't know special pieces like i love that those weighted poker chips that are in what is there? I think six different gem types or five gem types and then a gold or whatever. Yeah. Awesome game. Definitely pick Splendor up. It's a fun, thinky puzzle. Uh, what's the play time on that? I would say about like... I think it's half hour to 45 minutes. I think that's so true. Half an hour if you're playing two player, 45 if you're playing four player. Uh, great, great game. Busted out real quick. Not a whole lot of setup involved in that. It's just, it's just fun. I actually have to tell you, I, I loved that game enough to also pick up the expansion of that game. And uh, if you end up loving Splendor, the expansion was really nice. Added some little little curves and twists. I actually, that expansion, I think it changes the game. In, like you, It's like four expansions in one because you can change the game in several different ways. So I thought that was very clever. Yeah, I liked that. On this note, so another Splendor-level game. Uh, I didn't pre-clear this with Dan. We didn't. We chatted through the games we we're going to talk about, but I forgot that Splendor and this other game are very similar, but different enough. And that is Century Spice Road. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed. So I I really enjoyed Century Spice Road. Um, it's very similar to Splendor. The uh, mechanics are also very similar. But uh, I like the variant Century Golem, <laughs> which is the same game. But I loved the Golem edition. I thought the Golems were super cute. <laughs> the, the Golems do look awesome. I have the standard edition. Uh, the thing that is genius on this one for me, Century Spice Road is actually part of a trilogy of games. There's Century Spice Road, Century 
Spice, like Eastern Wonders, I think, and Century Spice New World, I think is what it's called. I mean, if you Google it, you'd see them all. Uh, this is by Emerson Matsuchi. I think this is mind-blowingly awesome. You buy one of these games, two of these games, or all three of these games, but he built the games in which you can mix them. So, yeah, if, so you, if you have one and two, you, you, you explain this. I was going to say, so they are all three standalone games, so you can play them by themselves, or you can play them all together. So each game adds another component to another game, so you can play one and two together, or you can play one, two, and three together. It's really a cool concept. I don't think there's been a game out there that's done anything like that yet besides yeah. this game. So I uh, obviously upon hearing that, I had to order all three, and I, I ordered all three. I have played each of them. I love each of them separately. I have only played two of them together. I even liked those additions, like when we did that. So, uh, but very simple. So even when you're hearing this and you're freaked out about like, wait a minute, three games, no, and three rules. There's so much carryover in each of these three games. Like the the cubes are the same colors. The cubes are the same value. So like you know that the brown cube is the most valuable, right? It's, there's so much that like your cognitive load isn't so high, right? Because so much of yes. it transfers and it's just like, oh, on this one, we're putting people down to collect things. All right, so we need people. Okay, so people are the important thing. Okay, uh, great little games. All right, we should move on because that wasn't even on the list. <laughs> it's still a great game though. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how are you? What's another one we want to talk about? Um, well, so another favorite for the family is also an older game. It's been around for a long time. It's Ticket to Ride. Yeah, uh, there's lots of variants of that game. There's even like Ticket to Ride Rails and Sales, which adds different components. But the base Ticket to Ride game is, is still, to me, one of the best board games that have come out in like the last 15 years, 20 years. Like, it's a great game. The first one was US, right? Yep. Is that your favorite version of it? I really enjoy Rails and Sales, and I enjoy France. Um, but I will still sit down, like me and the kids just sat down and played Ticket to Ride the other day. So I'll still enjoy the base original Ticket to Ride game. So I've never played Rails and Sails or France. Uh, I In the early years of it, I was buying almost every Ticket to Ride expansion. So I have more, more Ticket to Ride than I know what to do with. <laughs> uh, and then I sort of stopped. And then they even went more. And they have like maps of practically every space on planet earth there's a ticket to ride map for uh there's there's quite a few ticket to ride games uh out there so there's a lot you're right there's absolutely a lot well that's good to know though so if somebody's starting out would what would you suggest would you should they go straight to rails and sales like they're not burdened by past purchases like i am or no so the, the base game, I still think, is probably the best one for new people to get into. Uh, Rails and Sails adds not only train routes, but shipping routes. So you're doing both simultaneously. Um, and then France, uh, the routes are not marked. They change every time the game is open. So every time you open France, it's a different game. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. The base game, I got to tell you, the U.S. So I have U.S. I then bought Europe, which was the second one that comes out came out. I brought Germany. It's called Markland Edition, I think. Uh, but uh, I was going to tell you, the base game, I still think, out of the ones I've played, is the most cutthroat. <laughs> so just be prepared for that because that one, if somebody like takes your route, there's nothing you really can do about it. So it's definitely going to be a take that situation. 
yeah, there's uh, there are definitely places in the first one where there's only only two ways to get to a city, and if two other people took them, you can't get to that city. Yeah. So uh, in the Europe expansion or Europe plays, uh, there there's a, these train stations which allow you to kind of use some of the other people's routes. Uh, I like that. I also really liked Europe how it added the tunnels. I thought the tunnels were kind of cool. Tiny little rule change. I agree with that. I like the tunnels. <laughs> uh, all right, next one on our list, we have a great abstract game, which I never thought I would really care for the abstract game category because I I am a huge theme guy. Like when I play a game, one of the reasons I love playing them is sort of escaping into that theme and pretending I'm running a business or pretending I'm controlling a country or whatever. And sort of just be like, here's a game and it's pretty much just doing some math problems, you know. <laughs> have fun that that's what i think of when i think of abstract games but azul is the game that we want to talk about azul is an abstract game but it's got beautiful pieces it's got a little bit of the theme there but uh it is an abstract game where we're placing down these mosaic pieces in a in a beautiful pattern um but but i, I love it it's a great game and everyone i've introduced it to is like this is awesome well, it's definitely a fast-playing game. It doesn't take long at all. Uh, it's easy to get into. The rules are very simple. Um, but there's still a lot of strategy <laughs> in that game. I mean, it's constantly, do I get stuck with you know five tiles at the end of a round because I didn't think ahead far enough? Yeah. I, I Like I said, that one, anybody I've showed it to is like, this is super fun. So definitely check out... Azul and picking that one up. There has been, oh, Dan, I'm going to defer to you. There's been some Azul expansions and just whole different standalone games, right? Actually, yeah, I think so they're all standalone. There's, I think there's three different Azul expansions now. There's a new one that just came out. And uh, the first two are standalone games. I'm not, I don't think the third one is. That It just came out, though, like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. So it's very recent. But the first two are standalone games, yes. Yeah. Would well, you remember the names of those? I know there's Summer Pavilion. Uh, some, I was going to say Summer Pavilion is the only one I could think of at this moment. All right. Well, definitely check out Azul. Uh, it's a great line. I'm sure picking up any of them would be fun. Oh, it was Summer Pavilion and Stained Glass. Then there was Stained Glass, right? Yes. Yes, because it did the whole yes. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> I have definitely heard you can kind of skip that one is what I've heard. Yeah, I, so most of the people I've talked to who've played Azul Stained Glass, uh, they also played like Sagrada, which is a stained glass game that came out previously, and they prefer Sagrada to Azul Stained Glass. Yeah, I love Sagrada. I have that one too. That's another abstract. Like I said, I went <laughs> after Azul. I'm like, well, maybe these abstracts are pretty good, and <laughs> I picked up that one. And I really do love Sagrada as well. Another one I taught my daughter, and super, super loved it. It's a fun, puzzly little game. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next category, kind of, we're actually going to like switch. So those are all sort of your, I don't want to use the word traditional because they're definitely newer games with newer mechanics, but they're a, definitely a tabletop game, right? You're going to put a board out and trade some cards and roll some dice. Yes. Next, I want to talk about is a category I sort of fell in love with when I started board gaming because I didn't know anything about it is dexterity games. So. <laughs> Uh, Dan, can you give us like just kind of a brief definition there of dexterity games uh, and how they're used, so and then, then we can talk about the games. A lot of dexterity games. It's so it's basically they're you're either um, 
in some cases you're throwing things, you're stacking things, you're moving things, but it all requires, you know, movement, balance. Um, it's, it's a little different than just, you know, looking at a board. There's constantly moving parts a lot. A lot, right? So yeah, uh, I love it. I love it for sort of some of them, like you said, it can just be straight up silly and kind of funny, like party game-ish style. And some, they've even built in dexterity into some like quote-unquote serious board games. Uh, one that I absolutely love is called Ascending Empires. I think that one's out of print, so don't get super, ex- super excited about it, but it's a good example <laughs> of like one where they tried to make it like a board game. So like you're exploring space and every time you fly your ship that's when you're flicking and then you like land on these planets and then that's where it's like more of a board game where you choose to invest and develop that planet or whatnot but uh some of the games that are in print (laughs) that we should talk about uh what what's one you i know there's one on this list that is just a fam favorite for you uh we play this is a game called rhino hero (laughs) and it is we play it so we do um game clubs and and we do all kinds of crazy things but this game is a game made by haba it was uh for little kids i think it's ages like six to 99 but it's uh uno meets jenga and uh it's building a card uh like apartment building out of like stacking cards and then you move your cards have like uno skip draw um effects to them as you play the cards but those are the actual floors of the apartment building as you're building it and then there's a little rhino hero that you have to take out of the apartment building and move up each floor as you go without knocking it down so there's two ways to win you either run out of cards and then you are the sole winner or you don't knock down the tower (laughs) and everyone else wins i love it. it is a fun game i have uh on your guys recommendation picked that game up uh, actually, I bought it at your store, like in person. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And it, I've played it with my students. I've played it with my daughter. I've played it with my uh, nieces and nephews. Like super fun. I've played it with adults after playing a big game, and you kind of just want like the night's not over. Let's bust this out. It's it's super fun. It's hilarious. You definitely get those moments of like, I just, am I gonna, you know, that Jenga feel like, is he gonna do it? Oh my gosh, it's tumbling down and we all win because it's tumbling down on Dan's turn. Super fun. I love it. I absolutely love it. One I have to share because it is my daughter's, I'm pretty certain this is her favorite dexterity game. Uh, I think it's because she takes after me and that is because this is highly thematic and it is men at work and it's a construction site and you're building these sort of tall skyscrapers but you're you got these like long wooden pieces these long you know eye beams if you will and each round you have to like place it with certain rules so you flip these cards i don't want to get too into it uh, too into the weeds here but you flip these cards and they dictate what you, what you have to place onto the structure a certain colored beam and then usually something with like a worker so like a worker has to be touching a certain beam and so you have these cute little workers that's got these little hard hats and you're placing those out and then some of the workers have extra little like planks of wood that you have to like carefully balance on them as you're putting it on the 
ever-growing structure. You can't knock off any other previous things. It, it, you, you put in some support beams. It, sometimes it gets really high. Sometimes it <laughs> fans out. Sometimes there's just things precariously laid out. But unlike Jenga, where it's like when it all falls over, like the game's over, this one, you actually have to continue on, and you have these safety certificates, and you each start with three of them. And when you knock it over, you you lose one of those certificates. But this is kind of interesting because you, you, you kind of play past that Jenga moment where it all fell, and now the next player actually has to clean up the mess. And sometimes that's actually funny, that it falls, and now like maybe on Dan's turn, he's got to figure out how to get in there and clean up all the pieces that fell off the structure without knocking anything else over, or else he loses a safety certificate. And once it's all cleaned up, then you actually proceed with the, the the next card. And it's just, again, super funny moments. Uh, just a great time. Sounds fantastic. I, I It's a game that uh, I haven't played in a long time, and it, I kind of want to play it now. So thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, we have another one that I, I would love you to chat about. Uh, so um, one of the games that we discussed is a game called Flick 'em Up. Um, and it's an old west town, and you have little meeple sheriffs, and you have little meeple outlaws. Um, like, there's wooden cactuses, but you basically, it's like the showdown at the OK Corral. And so you're flicking little, like, bullets at each other, trying to take down <laughs> the other people in the scenario. And uh, I really like that game because it, it changes a lot, and there's, you know, different setups or different formations. And then also, you know, there's different ways that you can play the game. There's barrels in the way, and all kinds of like obstacles that you got to try to shoot around. <laughs> like it's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun, great production value too. Like all of these like wooden components, right? So there's like, he said, the barrels, the hay bales, uh, you know that. And then also they give you these, like, like picture the town, picture the old West town. They give you all these buildings and then they actually like set up and you make that little town structure. And sometimes, so Dan said there are these different scenarios that the game comes with. You can make your own scenarios, but I think the game base game comes with how many? Like 20-ish or something? I, yeah, it's, it's quite a few. And like sometimes you have to like go in, like maybe you're the bad guy and you have to rob the bank. So you have to not only like get into the town, knock it, you know, hit, and then like make it actually flick it into the bank. And then we're going to pretend that you've got the stuff. Now you have to like get out of town <laughs> and like, Whew. Like so, sometimes there's these different missions, these different things, and the game does a really good job of not doing like a boring tutorial. But like you'll just play level one, and level one won't introduce all of these rules. They're only going to introduce a few of these rules. So you'll get the base things about moving and shooting and whatnot. But then the next scenario adds like dynamite or something like that, right? Or one yeah. of the, or one of the buildings. And now now all of a sudden you have to interact with the buildings. Great, great game. Dripping with theme. Dripping with theme. Yeah. Very thematic. Very thematic. And uh, and kind of on that, you had shared uh, with me before the show something about that. Oh, yeah. So they have like four different other versions or maybe five different other versions, but they're all reskins. Like, so there's like a zombie flick them up or there's, you know, just different, you know, like a 1920s type style flick them up, but they give you different uh, flavor and theme. But they all have like those uh, impressive components that are super thematic. I mean, they just go right along with whatever. Like the zombie edition is, you know, this dilapidated town slash graveyard. <laughs> and you've got these, you know, zombies coming at you. And now it's a survival game where you're flicking things at zombies. So it's just it's a really cool like uh, line of games that they've come up with. That's awesome. So, I mean, this category is just a great one. So definitely look into getting some 
dexterity games in your collection. I think kids will like it of all ages. Adults will like it. It kind of levels that playing field because nobody's really good at flicking things. So it's just a, a fun <laughs> equalizer, if you will, uh, for the family. All right, the last little bit that we wanted to talk about is I, I just wanted to sort of introduce and welcome everyone to uh, a community that's just starting, and that is Global Let's Play. And Global Let's Play is just that, I thought during this time, offering some live streams of games. And it's not for you to watch us play. It's literally for you guys to play with us. So I got a bunch of games that are rolling rights or flipping rights. These are games, think Yahtzee, except with a shared pool of dice. So like I roll the dice or whatever, and we all choose what to do with them. So we're all playing off the same dice, the same information, but what you choose to do with that information and what I choose to do with that information is different at the, at the end of the game. One of us is going to be the winner. Typically, it is not me. Uh, <laughs> I will share that with you. But I would love for you guys to play on my live stream. So you can do that on youtube.com slash Mr. Matera. And right there, it'll show upcoming live streams. And you can do that. Every Thursday at 3.30 Central Standard Time, I run one that's specifically like open to everybody. And you know it's there. And you know it's that time. Uh, a lot of my students join in on that one. We've had some people from Indiana, Illinois, uh, Germany <laughs> join. So definitely like try these games out. They're super fun. Uh, and you can check those games out if you want to see the ones that I already have the directions for. It, it's just go to tinyurl.com slash global let's play. And that'll show you like the review, the the rules as well as like any template you might need to download or print. You don't need to have a printer. You can use like Google draw over any of these images or like same thing with on your iOS device. You can draw over any of those. Uh, but if you have a printer, that's always nice. I always like that, you know, that tactile nature. Um, what's one of your favorite roll and write games, Dan? Uh, so I really enjoy a lot of the roll and write games. Um, uh, Welcome to is a uh, fantastic. It's not really roll and write, but it's kind of like a flip and write. Yep. So I really enjoy that. Uh, it was a game that I played a couple times uh, when it first came out, and then it's always a game that I like to return to. It's uh, a lot of fun to play. There's a lot going on, but it's it's very enjoyable. We have that one. We've played it on the channel several times, and that's another thing. You can watch any of our past videos and just play along. So if you can't join a live. Do one of the past ones and play the game and put in the comments your score and how you liked the game and whatnot. So it is reflection time, Dan. So here we're going to do a quote here by uh, the all-knowing and super powerful big brain Albert Einstein. Uh, you ready for this one? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I like it. You have to learn the rules of the game and then you have to play better than anyone else how does that spin it for you that's a that's a pretty good quote um it is uh it shows that you know we constantly i have a problem we're reading the rules like as you say that but i always read most of the rules and then i'm that guy people are like well that's not how that works and i'm like "Ooh, my bad <laughs> Ooh, my bad uh my problem with <laughs> rules is i have so many game rules in my head and i think think i know how the game plays right 
And I don't, <laughs> I don't do it out of like, I'm not trying to play it wrong. At one point I maybe did play it right. So it's not like you were, I didn't necessarily finish the rule book, but like <laughs> when you start that game up, I'm like, yeah, 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 this is the, everyone starts with five coins and it's like, nope, this game is one that it's like, you start with five, the next player gets six, the next player gets seven. Like, oh, but like, I forgot that. So like we all started with five. Yeah. Uh, I make that mistake. But what I like about this quote is uh, there, there is this thing in, in education, Dan, where we all say, like, you learn from failure, right? And failure, what sometimes people say, like, is the first attempt in learning, right? And it, it's something we say, but then everything we do in school is built around success. Like, you, 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 you teach, you model so that the kids can get it right and so that they can get a good score on the test. So, right, like, while we say we learn from failure, we almost design the entire experience to be fail-less. Like, there, there's zero failure in there if everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, right? No child left behind, right? The whole idea is that right. it's just success, success, success. And what I like about a game is no matter what, when you sit down at that table, you know the odds are stacked against you in some respects, right? Because like if you're playing with five players, you have a one in five chance. Assuming you're all equal at the game, right? you have a one in five chance. So uh, I like this because, uh, you know, I, I play these games that we just talked about up above. My nine-year-old daughter beats me. And like <laughs> you break down like, well, how did she do that? Oh, she went with this strategy and did that. And she did. That. And then next time I try that. And then she beats me again because she tried some other strategy. And I was like, well, that's good strategy too. But I love that. I love that about games. I would agree with that. I definitely enjoy the fact that there's so many different ways to approach a game and you do learn from your failure and you learn from other people's successes. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So thank you so much, Dan, for joining us on the channel. Everyone, I just want to, again, give a little shout out to checking out cabbagesandkings.games. Order something up from stephanie and dan they're just wonderful people wonderful store and also dan like i said thank you for coming on to the show and giving your expertise your excitement for games it's it's awesome it's infectious well thank you for having me i really enjoy it so i'm glad i could be here nice everybody else thank you for once again listening to another podcast for all of you that made it here to the end here on the outro that's impressive uh, gold star for all of you. You can check out our uh, other podcasts on Podcast Media Network. Uh, Google that. You'll find wonderful other uh, chats. One of the best ones I think out there is on education with Glenn Irving and Mike Washburn. Check them out. Everybody, stay connected. Share your ideas. Check out all of various resources. That's all we got for today. So play on.